coming in and being willing to do this interview. It is a privilege to do it with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, so awesome. All right, so let's start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is John Horgan, and I grew up in New Hampshire. I was there until I was about nine, then moved to New Jersey, and then uh, out here to Pennsylvania in 1997. My dad was a pastor from New York City. My mom came from mm -hmm. Iowa. They met in uh, out in uh, Illinois, college and seminary, and uh, that's a big part of my life because I grew up in a, the denomination, the Evangelical Free Church. I love the background I had there with uh, camps, missionaries, stuff like that. But also growing up, uh, hearing my dad talk about about uh, what got him from engineering into the pastoral ministry, and that mm. is probably uh, a lot that, as I saw his his. Um, Love for God and love for the church is probably a lot of what led me to think about becoming a pastor. So, so uh, when the time came to go to college, and some of the colleges uh, uh, had uh, in our background had uh, shifted in focus a little bit, I ended up going down to Bob Jones in Greenville, South Carolina, for a Bible major, mm -hmm. and then uh, then ended up going to Columbia Bible College for seminary and biblical theological seminary back here in Hatfield. And then I've been able to work with my dad for the last 22 years as a pastor. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so since you have grown up in this environment of yeah. being around pastors and everything, why has uh, why is the role of the pastor important in individual lives? Wow. I you know I've I've uh, again a lot of it I, I grew up seeing and I grew up seeing. Um, the the my dad as pastor involved in people's. Uh, all the, the the crises in their life, the special times, weddings, mm -hmm. um, as well as then funerals, graduations. Remember, um, in the community, um, that being uh, asked to pray for uh, um, Memorial Day parades and things like that. Mm -hmm. But in individual lives, I, 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 I acknowledging that uh, that this is a big world. And that there's a lot of things, a lot of differences in our life that God made us to be under Him. Well, then it's it's a gift when you understand that a pastor is has been commissioned by God to care for those that God is caring for, and so so to walk alongside of people, to um, to um, look after them underneath God, is um, is a is a privilege, a responsibility, mm -hmm. but I, I I think a benefit. For everybody, especially those that are professing professing Christ, it's a wow. gift to have people come as a representative of God. Mm -hmm. But you do think that there has been a shift in, over the years of the role of pastor, because I I, I don't see much of that Memorial Day yeah. um, pastor speaking there, stuff like that. Yeah. I don't see much of that anymore. So do you think that it has shifted? Oh, very definitely. I I, I think that uh, that there was a. Uh, when there was a fear of God, then people were looking to see how God s s set up things, mm. and there was more of a trust in in His His system. The more uh, pastors have perhaps abused that authority, um, people have uh, be, uh, uh, determined their own understanding of what it is to follow God. Everybody, it, it, there seems to be more of a shift from from uh, we will figure this out. We are part of God's uh, family too to I am part of God's family and I have a mission and you don't know what that mission is so it seems often uh, and then also I would say um, 
with uh, the, the, the greater emphasis on, on uh, individuals, like uh, the, the psychological movement that has helped us to say, you need to understand yourself. We have been more in charge of what you're calling care is not care. Mm. So, so uh, it, it becomes very important to us that the person caring for us cares for us like we would have them to. So, mm. I, you know, I think it's a combination of I, I decide the will of God for my life. I don't trust other people. And uh, if you say that you're to care for me in the name of God, you're not caring for me in the right way. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a, a big, the, the real debate is on, on definitions of what does it mean to trust? What does it Ooh. mean to care for somebody? And then in, in, in the middle of that fight, the, the pastor's role has diminished in mm. the lives of, of Christians and then eventually uh, in the community. Yeah. Yeah, and and speaking of community, like it, I am. I've heard you say this before, but it is important. Do you, you believe that is it is important for family to be part of a church, the whole family, not just individuals? Why is that? Well, if we're going to talk about definitions, then then I I think we we have to ask that where is the bottom line? Who controls the the definitions? And when Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth." And the life, I, I, I don't think he was just saying I, I'm, I am one among many. He's saying I'm the source of, of reality. When in Genesis, when he says uh, God created the heavens and the earth, mm. as elsewhere in Scripture says, in Him we live and move and have our existence. Well, if we have our existence from God, then our whole identity comes, comes from God. If our whole identity comes from God, then being male and female is God's idea. And, and we need to figure out then what does it mean to be a male or a female? What does it mean then uh, to come together in a family unit? Who determines what that is? Absolutely. And therefore, if God determines what that is, then for, for us to come and learn about God will actually be a, a stronger way for us to learn how to be a stronger family. Mm. And, and uh, as I learn how to deal with uh, parents that aren't perfect or a, a wife or a husband that isn't everything that I was looking for uh, and and whatever God sends into that relationship, when you're looking to God is what I believe uh, uh, gives mm-hmm. the stability. And the church there would be a part of the, the gatekeeper of, mm-hmm. of, of what God is saying and how God would have us to live. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, that, that's amazing. And, you know, you are uh, specifically a pastor of a relatively small church, mm-hmm. but it uh, small churches, I have actually come to my own conclusion that it's a big deal. It's very intimate. So why do you think it is important? What, what is the importance of small churches? Uh, why are they why are they important? You know, it's the big, big, yeah. big churches seem very attractive. <laughs> yeah, no, no, very much so. And I guess it all depends on whether whether we are, are primarily takers or whether we are uh, 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 being equipped to, uh, to represent God in the world. If we are being equipped to represent God in the world, then it's kind of like the military takes you out of normal life, puts you in some kind of boot camp to train you for a united purpose. And as such, then, um, then the, the, the question is, are we being trained? At what level are we being trained? And that, at that point, we have to look. Um, you know, we've been talking in youth group here recently about yeah. about um, cleaning the inside of the cup, the Pharisees in Matthew twenty three, versus the outside of the cup. Mm-hmm. And so, 
while uh, while uh, uh, while there's nothing wrong in one sense with a big church, if we cannot understand on a small level what it is like to get to the uh, to the depths of our souls, uh, it comes back to God's purpose for the church. Um, in Ephesians two, it says, "When He saves us, uh, He saves us uh, for the." the plans that he had before uh, we are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared beforehand God had a plan beforehand well then you come to Ephesians chapter 4 and it says um, and it says that uh, well, it says a lot of things I love yeah, Ephesians yeah. chapter 4 but 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 um, it when it talks about uh, pastors and teachers uh, being given for the equipping of the saints, for the building up of the body of Christ, the goal is till we attain to the unity of the faith to the, and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. But it's interesting. The result of growing in knowledge of God leads to us speaking the truth in love, growing up in all aspects to him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual mm. part, caused the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Yeah. The concern is on this, if, if we do not understand that we are being uh, uh, conformed to the image of God's Son, and it doesn't just mean that I think I understand God or you understand God, but that we, um, by submitting to God's Word, by submitting to God's structure, are able to have our ideas challenged and challenge in a way not to win an argument, but so the end result is that we are actually stable, actually stable at, at the soul level that God's words are not are not air, are not make-believe, that bad crises that come into our lives are not more real than a good crisis, uh, than the good things that happen in our lives. And, and in order to do that, it takes a lot of time and intention to care for individual souls. Mm. So back to the small church. Um, if you came to 1 Corinthians 12, it says that no part of the body can say, I don't need you. Yes. And, and remember that part? Yes. And then it says that God placed each part as he sees fit. Mm -hmm. The church is the unique place where God allows people that are not alike from many different cultures and backgrounds to be brought together that have nothing in common other than being trained for God's purposes. Mm. If, the, if, if, if we can learn to do that on a small level, then it's God's business whether we're large or not. But, but when we get large, prayerfully, you'd continue to be able to do that there. Yeah. If we're not careful and we don't understand this on an individual level, uh, we will slip through the cracks in a small church and in a large church we'll do whatever we want. And that's that's what makes it attractive is that we don't have to be trained, and you can take what you want can, in a larger church. Absolutely. So th th these are large conversations. Uh, I mean, and... it's extremely broad. Thank you for <laughs> for tracking along because that's that's hard stuff. But also, um, you you said okay, you mentioned the fact that it, the church works as a body. Everyone yes. works together. Um, and so thinking of the church is a place is is it's not just a building, right? It's it's a place where believers come together, and so. I've heard it said that you know, church is basically heaven on earth. Like, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because heaven on earth is a place where we right. are. Yes, this is very broad again. Yes, but no, go ahead. This is a place where <laughs> believers come together and they worship God, and that is what heaven's going to be like. It's going to be 
uh, culmination of people worshiping right. God. Right. So what do you think of that? Because if, yes. if, if it is heaven on earth, why isn't the church attractive enough? Right. Why don't people run to heaven? Right. I, I, think, I think we have a wrong view of, um, of understanding how justification and sanctification fit together. Mm-hmm. On a personal level, uh, to be justified is to be made righteous in God's, in God's sight. Uh, to be sanctified is to be made holy um, before God. To be set apart as part of the people of God. But then the question is, is, is uh, what is instantaneous there? I believe that, that uh, we are saved not by our righteousness, but by the righteousness of Christ. What that means then is that while to, 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 when we, to repent of going our own way, living for ourselves, and to, to yield to God, um, it, when we yield to God, which says you, you repent and believe, what are we believing? We're believing that apart from God, uh, there's nothing we can do to earn his favor. Mm-hmm. That when we are not only trusting Christ to pay the penalty for, for the, uh, the righteous wrath of God being against us for falling short of his glory, we are trusting in Christ to put Christ's perfect life of obedience on the account of every every believer. And on that basis, we can have fellowship with Christ. Mm. That being said, God, for whatever reason, gets glory by, by uh, making us like his son. If we are not like his son in practice down here, um, then there will be all kinds of tension. In our individual life, the Bible talks about pursue holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The Bible tells us to put away the old man and, and the flesh. If we're told to put away, it means it's there. If it's there, then, um, then we will not be in, in unity with God. And if we are not in unity with God, we will not be in unity with each other. You know, it was cool. I was just uh, saying a quote here in, uh, in church the other night from A.W. Tozer. He said, has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork mm-hmm. are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must mm-hmm. individually bow. So 100 worshipers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be. Excellent. Were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship? Social religion is perfected when private religion is purified. So back to what you were asking before, I, you know, larger church, smaller church, again, the massive stereotypes yes. going on in here. But but I, I think the tendency is for us to want heaven on earth. Yeah. And, to th- and heaven is a place where the fight against sin is completed. Mm. And the lack of, of, of being trained, being held accountable uh, by others... Uh, shows then in our lack of wanting accountability from God that is going to require effort on our part. And so when you come back, uh, you talk about uh, uh, the the church not being heaven on earth. I don't think our families are always heaven on earth. I don't think our individual souls, as you see by uh, an increase in depression, anxiety, other things like that, I don't think we're at peace with ourselves. There's a restlessness. You take that, put that together, and you're going to have drama. I think that we have a wrong understanding of, one, the Christian life, and two, of the power of the gospel to help us to look to Christ 
while we're going through the drama. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, a misunderstanding yeah. of us not uh, having heaven on earth. Heaven is then, yeah. is later. Go okay, ahead. so think? basically, okay, so looking to Christ. Yeah. But the thing is, everyone has their own definition of what looking to Christ looks yes, like. Yes, they do. They all have their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's hard for us not to have push our own agenda or whatever yes, it this. is. Yes, how can we yes. look to the right, get in the right direction? Because the thing is, okay, you said A.W. Tozer. Right. I know, like, again, right. this is a so broad why, question. A.W. Tozer, okay. He, so why is he right? Yeah, why is he right? What makes him right? Yeah. What makes you right? What right. makes me right? Right. Um, and, you know, what if, if you're saying that, no, you're out of line, and then they're like, no, I'm looking to God, and right. God is telling me what to do here. Right. I, 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 once again, definitions is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to follow God? Christ. Mm-hmm. If we don't understand primarily the the you know I think it's in Luke 9 where where he uh Jesus the cause yeah here it is Luke 9:57 as they're going along the road someone said to him I'll follow you wherever you go Jesus said to him the foxes have holes the birds in the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head he said, follow me, but he, and he said to another, follow me, but he said, Lord, permit me first to go bury my father. He said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. As for you, go proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That it, it seems the cost of discipleship is not understood by individuals and and so the bigger question is on how can we trust god's word is god does god have the final word and how do we know that yeah so i believe like that quote there from tozer was saying the answer for horizontal unity for horizontal mission and the for um for the people of god to have any hope to agree on anything is not to not to look at each other our arguments with each other yes. must push us back to, to asking mm-hmm. what goes beyond us and what is it to test God's word. Is the Bible the final authority and the word from God? And and so we would have to, if we had time to go on, we would, we would dig into that. Right. On what basis is the Bible the authority? Right. So I would honestly say the answer to these questions is to test our assumptions of what it means to follow yeah. Christ. If we would learn what it is to follow Christ, then we could start figuring out how to yield to another mm-hmm. without giving away our mind, without giving away our differences, because yes. God would use all of them for yes. his glory. But I think that because of the sloppiness of all these definitions, there's no way forward without a lot of tension and awkward moments okay. and a bunch of disagreement. Absolutely, yeah. And the thing is, like you said, that that looking to Christ and studying the Bible— and I think that's where one of the roles of the pastor and, and people who have studied long hours comes in because you, I think it is more trustworthy. Yes, the pastor might be yes, wrong. Yes, yes, it's yes. a human being, uh, the professor or whatever, yes. person, but he's studied. He's yes. someone who has spent, yes. he or she has spent hours in the word yes. and who has something studied. But yet, and yet people are still listening to actors yes hollywood actors they're listening right. to the the people who have yeah. almost no authority on this um and so you know why is that happening why don't people is it just because they're is just because it turns them off just because it's a uh a, a religious you know religious right right thing I, that is i all the way through scripture you see 
that God has given his word, whether it was individually to like Abraham and telling him to go and obey. But then eventually he was giving it to the prophets and the prophets had, it was, it was an awesome privilege, but it was a fearsome responsibility to be, be told you convey only what I have said. Mm. And, and some of the hardest accusations in, in, in the Old Testament are woe to those who prophesy in my name, but the but I have not said it. And in in the New Testament it says it is a good thing to be to aspire to be a bishop, elder, overseer, but um but it says um let not many of you be teachers because you'll be held to a stricter judgment because because while it's human nature to say, How do you know that's God? I don't have to listen to you. Yeah. It is, it is a very dangerous thing when somebody in the name of, speaks in the name of God, says they've studied, and are not careful to rightly divide the word. Now, some people can blindly get off, but other times, by not understanding how powerful the fear of man is, that it is easy to allow the common opinion to sway yeah. what they're saying. So, I was thinking about Paul with Timothy. I can't put my hands on it right now, but he was saying, he was saying that, um, well... I find one of them, 2 Timothy 2, uh, 4. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is judge, to judge the living and the dead mm. by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Mm. Be ready in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, sound teaching. Want to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. And will turn away their ears from the truth. Will turn aside to myths. Yeah. Um, but you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. The verse I was also looking for is when he tells Timothy, take pains with these things, the studying, yes. the doctrine, be absorbed in them. If you do so, you will ensure salvation for yourself and those who hear you. So it, it is not just... Uh, to, uh, uh, top of the hill thing where you say uh, I'm at the top of the system mm-hmm. shut up and listen mm-hmm. to me it is a, a solemn responsibility that your authority comes from outside of you um, uh, and, and it comes from the words of God so you're right the failure to yield to pastors is some of our independence trusting in our own understanding yep. not understanding the depth of study needed to make the whole word of God come together but it also comes from uh, from even even pastors having their own ideas. Right. You said, on what basis can we trust to the extent that you said that we scrub the word clean and keep going back right. all over the word and do not silence the congregation. It's not the pastor alone. It is through the congregations wrestling and going, I see this and this and this, but not this and this and this. Yeah. Help me. Right. Combine a heart of a disciple with... A, a, a sense, a high view of of an unapproachable God yes. giving us his word. And then you put those together in a group of people that we didn't choose um, and that will submit to God's decrees. Uh, we won't hit a home run all the time, mm-hmm. but there's much closer uh, sense that right. we will be yielding to a word outside of our own that mm-hmm. is trustworthy. The big picture. Pastor yes. is not God. But also you said like like Timothy and all that. Um, it... it for, <laughs> The problem with seeking heaven on earth is because we can't, because okay. it's a sinful time. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like what you said about all that, all that pain and 
and, yes. and the stuff that, that, that it takes work to yes. truly comb through the uh. through God's word and everything. But once we see the importance of it, I think that we're definitely going to start heading in the right direction. Yes. Yes. No, yeah. very definitely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So um, is there anything else you'd like to say on that? No. Go ahead. Okay. So you, we briefly touched on the fact that you are uh, a youth pastor. But, <laughs> but the thing is, you wear a lot of hats. A lot. You, you, you lead you the music. You yes. lead the youth. You're assistant pastor. Whatever. Fine. And so, okay, so I want to talk about the youth pastor because one of the things we like to talk about here is youth, yes. in, specifically in America. Yes. And so youth group is something very interesting. Yes. Uh, right. Okay, so let's see if I can find the question here. Uh, how would you like to see young Christians interact with the church and the culture around them? Interact with the church and the culture around them. Yeah, young Christians. Not even necessarily young people, young Christians specifically. I think through the lens of these questions that you've already been asking, see, I'm, I'm a youth pastor who doesn't agree with youth pastors. Mm. I'm a youth, I work, love working with youth, but I am not comfortable with youth ministry. That being said, you know and have benefited from us, you yes. growing up in a youth yeah. group. And where I'm going with that is is saying, um, I very definitely think that um, that that to, that the the church is um, the heart of the church is what is being taught and passed on with the youth, and so I think whoever works yes. with the youth, right. the, the parents, and then the Sunday school teachers, the the pastors, whoever works with the youth, uh, that is the engine room of often of what is going on That's inside right. of a church That's because right. because. Um, youth, uh, by their nature, uh, not as a derogatory term, are maturing, so are immature. Right. In immaturity, yeah. they're not looking further ahead. When they don't look further ahead, they see very strongly what they want now. The problem, a side note, is that often our adult culture is immature as well. It has not been trained, the lack of discipling, so they want what they want now. But going back, if the youth want what they want now, the culture appeals the changing culture appeals to what you want right now. Right. So the youth will be at the cutting edge of pushing the bars of culture. Yeah. So so that I, I think that the biggest thing you want for youth is not a separate gospel for the youth, but the gospel. We are not the center of our world. In order for the gospel to be good news from God, we first have to see that we are not on the same page as God. If we're not on the same page as God, you have to realize, no, when you stomp and cry as a little baby, it's not about you. And and the quicker we learn that it's not about us, but that it's about a God that is greater than our dad and mom. When you're a little kid, you think your dad and mom are the biggest yes, benefit exactly. or biggest liability. There's a God that's bigger than that, and he's asking more from you than your mom and dad. He's asking more from from you than anybody else is. But he, he is the best. He is the center. So I think the combination of learning to submit to God and then to hear about the God's awesomeness, his beauty, his greatness, both of them, the submitting part is going to push against us. But lift, it's showing in, in, and saying, uh, you know, who made the birds? You know, who, um, who made these people? You know, your sister that you just pulled her hair out? God made her hair. Yeah. Okay? God made her that way. And I know, I know others think she's beautiful. You think she's a pain. But God made her special. As we yeah. learn to see both his preciousness 
and and then submit to his order and then realize I can't do it. We come to Christ. Then we start submitting our desires to yeah. him. And we say, instead of my dad doesn't like that music, my dad, my mom doesn't like my jeans. We start saying, yes. does how right. does does God have an opinion on mm-hmm. my jeans? And while even while I don't can't figure it out, I mm. say, well, I start getting conscious of God is in the room and God cares. And how do I not allow commercials or society or my friends or other people and say, you know what? I just want to be more influenced. I, I so by by God. So in short, the short answer to your question is, is I'm very anxious for for the youth in the church to have uh, as wide an accurate picture of God in his awesomeness, in his in the need to fear him. Yes. Don't talk to him like that. Show reverence, but also in his beauty, in his majesty, he is he he is all around and as he's all around that the wisest path is to submit to him and you will be a fool not to look at all he gives us. Right. As the youth do that, it's amazing then. They won't hit a home run. They're maturing. Like I said, adults need to mature too. Yes. But they're maturing, but they will mature along with God. Yeah. Instead of just running to their daddy, their mommy, or their friends, or whoever, they're going to run to God and say, God, teach me your ways. That's right. And that will impact the movies they watch yeah. or the, yep. what they get, feel guilt over, yep. how they get rid of guilt. And and all that is, mm-hmm. is a big blessing. But it definitely... It's a long way around, as opposed to having rules about um, he likes that haircut, not that haircut. Saying, saying what um, uh, what should be the most important in how I present myself. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think God, God is very definitely first. Salvation is needed, where there's something supernatural that takes place, and in order to do that, you have to be in the presence of God. But then, secondly. The ability to be able to follow God and to be able to care about the things that God cares about. It is so important. The youth get that, then they will influence the culture for God because God is ever present with them. That's right. Yeah. No, you're right. That that dynamic between um, between church, yes. parents, and God yes. is very uh, touchy. Like it's it's tough because no, you're right. to you're say right. that 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 what my parents say, what the church says, is it really from God in this and this. And and I okay listen I I grew right. up I was lucky I grew up in an environment where my I was I was allowed to think yes I was allowed to think okay. I was yes. encouraged to think yes. I was encouraged yes. to uh, push back challenge not yes. in a disrespectful way no, but no, in fine. a sense that yes. that you right. that this is part of your growing experience right. and so uh, I I I feel like a lot of times parents or adults right. in general right. do not see the purpose of kids like kids are, oh yes. they're still young you know they'll learn. You know, and right. what what do you say about that? Because I, no. I mean, I personally was lucky in an right. environment where my parents actually would talk to me older than I right. actually was. Right. No. Um, that, you remember Paul with Timothy? I know he was older, and I know yes. everybody goes to this verse for whatever, but they say, let no one look down on your youthfulness. I remember when I started out as a pastor. I'll move back to where you are mm-hmm. in the teenage or younger years. But as a pastor, when I started out, um, I felt like... Um, <laughs> Do you remember in Sugar Creek that they described their teacher as 40, fat, and bald? Uh. <laughs> well, I, I felt that, I, I, I realized, I felt like I was not going to be listened to as a pastor until I was 40, fat, and bald. Well, here I am, 40, <laughs> fat, and bald. Um, but but it still doesn't mean people listen. Oh, but it was boy. tough as a 23-year-old when you had people way older than you. That goes Going back, 
I've seen that difference in, in culture as well, where my dad would say he was 23 and men twice his age were showing respect to the position, not just to him. Yeah. But back, back to your original question, um, um, talking like to, to kids like they're older, yes, it's very important to me um, that, uh, that in the youngest ages, the kids be taught to obey just because. Youngest ages, um, you know, zero, one, two, three, four, the end, yeah. obey, just because. And as they learn that they're not the center and that the world does not revolve around them just because they feel something doesn't mean it's reality. Yes. If you do that right there, then as, as that, there, you will still be doing that somewhat mm -hmm. just because, but it will slowly grow less of just because, because, because there is no way to make strong strong individuals let alone christians it is insulting mm -hmm. to god to not have your mind be trained and in order for your mind to be trained you have to be allowed to to speak dissenting opinions mm. and if you've learned that your the roles are are first central that i'm not the center it's that whatever you are dad yes. i'm supposed to honor you i'm yeah. not always honoring you but somewhere dad i don't buy what you're saying Mm -hmm. Help me. Somewhere, preacher man, I am afraid of getting judged by God because he put the preacher there. You might be a bad preacher. You might be off. I can't obey you just because you say i got to obey God. But help me. I want to obey because I've learned my roles, but I do not agree with That's this. Right. There's no way here. And so one of the very important things for me, first uh, with the adults and then working down to the kids, is God wants to change us through our minds, not always over our minds. Mm. through our minds and if we're going to do it through our minds you're immature i'm a sinner i'm immature in some ways then there's going to be tension back to what you said before but i think that tension is is a, a healthy part can be a healthy part of the process no no no, no. it must be part of the process because other than that a b blind authority makes for no. makes no. for wimpy uh people that either agree and when they disagree right. they have nowhere to go because they have not been trained how to think so that's where um uh where where uh what, what is that solid food i gave you milk not solid yes. food you were not ready mm -hmm. for indeed you, uh, and then he goes but sol uh solid food is for those who have been uh, trained to discern right from wrong now if we haven't learned roles it's going to be our natural predisposition, but no, it's our natural deep predisposition to always think that our opinion is better than somebody else's. Absolutely, we can't help it. Yeah. We can't help it. No. So that's where roles yeah. comes in to realize whether I whether I think they're wrong or not. I have to yield. There's something yeah. bigger on the other side to really believe it. You're going to have to go through the pieces that make you disagree with those older you. Exactly. So back to the youth, you need to be talking to them. Uh, willing to have d dissenting opinions, the, mm. the, the having roles, but also the freedom to fully disagree is yeah. essential in in um, in 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 uh, in God having control of our minds. In fact, yeah. I would argue that some of the reason a lot of the uh, young ones, let alone adults, are losing their faith mm. is because they never had it tested. That's it. They, yeah. they, they got on board because they loved and respected people. They trusted what they said. Well, I mean, every situation is different, yeah, obviously. All of these yes, all everything, yeah. questions. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But, but that, that is, that is a, a bit of a controversial thing to say that, you know, like back to the no, obey just because.
Go ahead. Yes. So go ahead. that it's 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 controversial because people are like oh you you know you're just yes. you know you're, you're like a hand over the kids. But the thing is, I like it. Oh, yeah, elaborate a little bit on that because that because okay, I there is no obey just because you know that whole I brought you into the world I can take you yeah. out of the world. <laughs> no, no, that the parents are not the center of the world. Mm. The president is not the center. The policemen are not the center. All of us get any authority is derived from God. The big thing is, can God tell us obey just because? Does God have a right? And and that would be the the bigger one you have to deal with. Now the Bible seems to say that that He wants our understanding, but there's plenty times in Scripture where the obedience must come before the understanding. That's all based on God's right as final authority. Because yes. you go, well, I don't know, how can I trust Tozer or any or, or you <laughs> right. as a pastor sure. or my dad? No, we you got to think. Wait, no, what are they asking me to jump off a bridge? Are they asking me to rob a bank? Well, if, I, if they're not asking me to do that, then why am I so sure they're wrong? Well, that's man, but the it's rooted. The just because is rooted in can God ask us to do something that we don't understand? Okay, so what about? bratty teenagers who are right. too late we right. didn't they did not learn they did not learn the rules. where do you right. start i know this is again with broad, god with god yes with god yeah. see because by the time you go do it just mm. because with stereotype be like, what? with a bratty tear yeah what yeah. and and like i was told recently i won't respect you until you respect me <laughs> you got a war on your hands yes. with that so i would think what they need to do is they need to meet god and at that point, if you're going to waste all your points on authority issues, it's never going to work. No. God will have to bring them under his authority. Yes. The people that respond best to authority are those that have first learned to yield to God's authority. Okay. The okay. heart of a disciple. To learn to follow God first is what? So so you take a bratty teenager, a bratty adult. Bratty, we're all, we all sin somewhere. So yes, bratty's right. a relative. What we're, what we're defining that is as somebody that hasn't learned to yield to somebody just yeah. because... That the origins for that must be, and does God have the right to ask us to do something before we understand? Mm -hmm. And and can we trust His providence, His goodness? In order to do that, they have to see God. So we have to pray to God. Their prayer is essential here. This is not just the best logical debater yes. to set up a, a, a good system. It is saying God is, and He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. So those that haven't, they need to learn to bow first to God, not first to me as a pastor, not mm -hmm. first to as a, even as a parent, you will never learn. If they bow to God, then they will then learn how in the family, in the church, and in the government, that's right. how to look to God. Yes. Go well, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Cause <laughs> in the, okay, in society, okay, with kids, and I feel like this actually sort of ties over to, to just discipleship in general. Is there a line where you say, okay, the rest is up to God? When it comes to discipleship, or when it comes to, we're going to touch quickly on this later, but, yeah, but with like government and stuff, like yeah, yeah. just in general, like yeah. our, our, our interaction with society, how far should God's agenda be pushed go ahead. until we got to yeah. be like, okay, it's up right. to you, God. I've done all I can. Where is that line? Well, you know, I don't, uh, it's broad. We're going to talk about government here in a minute, but it seems like the church has lost its right to be able to say that attitude is not tolerated. Mm. Stop. And they'll go, well, I wouldn't give you the attitude if you wouldn't be so stupid. Well, back to, now we're back to people still, I know the military isn't perfect, but at least people's stereotype is you went to boot camp to learn that it was not about you. Your hair was shaved. You were given a number. Yes. You were trying to take away your individualism 
so that you could then be part of the whole. The whole identity has changed. Right. They're, they're, they're trying to say, <laughs> you do not have rights. You will ask us if we if you have leave, mm-hmm. and we decide, nope, sorry. I know your grandpa just died. We'd love to let you, but we got a more pressing thing. And you go, whoa. whoa. All right. Well, back um, when you say I, I, God's agenda, I don't believe we can fulfill God's agenda until people are first yielded to God. I do not believe that people are yielded to God, which then affects, see, as, as if we had time to talk about it, everybody wants yeah. to reach the world for Christ. This is what he called us to do. Yes. But I'll say if you're not yielded to Christ, then you're teaching, you're teaching a gospel that allows you to still be in control and blowing everybody off. There will never be a common agenda. Again, that quote I wrote there from Tozer, um, yes. The unity needs to be with God before it's with each other. We have no message to give if we are not the disciples. So back, is there a time when we leave it to God? Until people are broken before God. I could not, as a parent, it means war. If you've got somebody that's not listening. As a, as a pastor, it means war. But the bigger thing is they need to see God yeah. and yield to God and have the heart of a disciple with God. The if thing. they don't, you cannot further the agenda. You will, but it'll be it'll be chopped up. What do you think? It, because that's the thing. I keep thinking about that old woman who came to the judge's house and yes. kept knocking. She kept coming back yes. knocking. Kept yes. coming back knocking. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like that? That takes first off like yeah. perseverance. Yes. But it's like it's like, is that what is expected of us Christians? But you know what? You remember where that was? That was a story about. It was. Uh, he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not mm. lose heart. So, so I get where where you're going is the never give up on somebody and the lost sheep and care for them. Sure. I got it, but at some point I take your hand off, and you know where I pound? Not on you, on God. That lady was pounding on God. I said, Lord, would you please do a work that I believe this is my role. I need to learn. I'm yes. sinful. Show me where I'm out of line as a father, as a pastor. Or wherever, as a boss. Mm-hmm. But God, I have pounded on Vanya as much as I can. I don't know what else. Please, I pound on the doors of heaven for you to see God. Not for him to see that I, I'm right and he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. For you to see your place under God. That's where the pounding needs to play place. So I believe what happens is is practically, you have to have a big back burner. Instead of going, oh, fine. I worked with you and you're a jerk. You're gone. Mm-hmm. Instead of that, you put you on the back burner and say, you know what? No. You remember Paul with, um, he said, I'm going to send, uh, what does it say, Timothy or Epaphrodites to you. Mm-hmm. And he says, I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare, mm-hmm. for they all seek after their own desires. Yes. And at that point, you know, I, I imagine that was in the letter to the Philippians. Yeah. I imagine people sitting there hearing that and going, well, what about what about him or what about her? And he said, I have no one else. So in that sense, it is cutting. There's no way around cutting. But I would say put them on the back burner. Saul Paul's happen all the time. Mm. Saul goes from killing the church to being God's <laughs> instrument to being used. A back burner rather than throwing them out, saying, no, I can't push any harder until they are are brought into line to see God, to bow before him, to yield to him. Their opinion will always be louder than God's. They will not be able to be used as with the heart of a disciple for God's program. That to me, that to me is is the key. That you don't throw them out, but you they're on the back burner. 
and you pound heaven instead of pounding them. That's right. There will be co- confrontations, yeah. but I would not try to win until until God has worked that in their heart. That's right. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a lot. Thank you so much for tracking <laughs> along because it's hard to condense it yes. into such a small uh, time frame. But okay. So we we okay. We said government. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so this go hot ahead. topic. Yes, yes. Of church and state. There you okay. Go. Do Christians have a responsibility to care about what happens in our government. They have to. Because government, uh, Romans 13 is the one everybody goes to. There's plenty of other passages. But government gets its authority from God. That being said, the government is separate from the church. Somehow God has figured out how to run a world without their immediate yielding to him so mm-hmm. while it's desirable that it, that the whole world yields to god and they all will bow to god he somehow has set up and said that that the church the family and the government are his institutions right. so you cannot love god no. without loving what he has set up so therefore for a christian to say i don't know they're all corrupt i have no part of that is to dishonor god yeah yeah no it, and that's and that's and that's the thing because with with government, um, it, it's interesting because we, okay, on an individual level, we are citizens of America, not yes, even as God's yes. kingdom. We're citizens of God's kingdom yes, yes, and yes, America. Yes, yes. Yeah. But the thing is, we're citizens who happen, well, happen yeah. to be Christians. So yes. that's going to bleed out whether you like it or not. Yes, if you're a true is. Christian, yes, yes. it's going to affect the yes. way you vote. Yes. It's going to affect. So <laughs> when we're electing a candidate, yes, go. how much should we care about their personal lives? Should we say, oh my goodness, that person's right. immoral? Right. Or it's like, my goodness, he could be a good, he could improve our economy, he could improve that, he, yeah. could, he could preserve my rights. It, it's tough because often with the current president, yeah. it's, yes, like, yes. it's like he's yes. immoral, he and so he doesn't these. deserve to be president because of the things he did. But it's like, they all are. He's a little more blatant about it, obviously, but right. should we Christians, or actually people in general, care about the morality of a candidate? You know, I think this comes back to your last question of, is there ever a time to, you know, step back from somebody? And I, I think when it comes to government, if we're not careful, <laughs> you're right. Uh, the current president has brought it to the head, but it's always been there underneath. The, the right. issues are just more subtle. Yeah. I think it's our tendency to look for what we can see. And if what we like what we see, we grab it. If mm. we don't like what we see, we throw it away. I think that's the same shallowness which okay. makes us appear to be Christians rather than deal with the the stuff that's underneath. And where I'm going with that is, mm. is we need to think very carefully. I'm not an expert on this. I need to study a whole lot more on this. I, 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 this we is all a do. touchy subject. We all do. Yes. That, but I'm glad to move toward it and say the answer here is to understand more of the character of God and how he deals with people at where wherever wherever they are. How does he use how did he use Nebuchadnezzar? How did he use Cyrus? And and as you look and at um how did when Paul wrote Romans 13, you know, you're under these Roman Caesars. Tyrannical, yeah. Yes, that, that different ones we can argue whether Nero was in there or some of the others. But they were. It doesn't seem that they were God fearers, at all. Yes. And that being said, I think I think we have to. Yes, morality does matter. On the other side, there's a whole lot. I think everybody wants to make it a fifty-piece puzzle, and it's really a five hundred-piece puzzle. It's so if, much. If you would add more pieces, yeah. it doesn't mean we all get to do whatever we want. It definitely means it includes the moral. Uh, our country is a bigger ship. But yeah. back to what you said about small churches. 
if you don't have individual Christians content uh, with with God alone, with with who the identity He has given them, the mission He has given them, if they cannot do that inside of their families, inside of their churches, then how in the world are we expected to say if the president would do this and the Supreme Court justice, then we got the knockout country? It's a very short view of what it looks like, I think, to have heaven on earth in a country. So in short, I think by adding more pieces to this discussion, it won't solve who we will vote for. It will definitely be a more thought out thing, which would be salt and light inside of our community. That would be a gift to the country to think a little more. Right. Well, that's the individual side. But okay, so we said the church. Okay, the church. So what's the church's point? What is the Cornerstone Bible Church's part of government, specifically? I believe that that if the church is doing its job to push uh, Christians uh, uh, underneath the Word of God in a deeper way, like you said, that it is uh, back to preaching, God is the one that said it is through the foolish, or Paul in 1 Corinthians, uh, under the inspiration of God, that it's the foolishness of preaching he uses to change. It is not just us arguing back and forth. The preaching, the disciplined uh, study of, of, of God's Word in a way that not everybody can do, not everybody has time to. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, uh, the preacher's not always the best, but he has put it aside tons of time to do this. Yes. As the church will submit to God's world and learn to interact, it changes then how we interact with other people. As we learn to act, act um, uh, together um as a people of God, it influences then how we act at our job, how we act in society, and then how we vote. If, if right. you, if, if, if I, I want to put out and saying a strong church will make strong individual citizens mm-hmm. of the United States, mm-hmm. as opposed to going, you can trust the cornerstone block to vote this way. You can trust the conservative Christian vote to vote with it. That's junk. A strong church will make strong individual citizens of the United States, right. who will then carry that thinking in, and know how to debate in a godly way to care for people, but also to be firm, and that will make uh, 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 that will then impact the government. Yes. So, so the church church does it by doing its job in tying us together as the people of God. It helps us individually then as citizens of the United yes. States to vote better. Okay. I would rather that than and it uh, come than when I was a child they had. The moral majority with Jerry Falwell, and they were trying to say, we all say, and I don't think we can do that. Yes, yeah. And, and again, it comes down to individual level. Because, <laughs> yes. yeah. But, um, so, okay, so last question here. So, the role, well, okay, whether, whether what, no matter what you think about Christianity and all yeah, this yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. no matter what you think, to be truly faithful and seek God's will, the role of the pastor is difficult. It's yeah. messy and it's yeah. just stressful. Yeah. Okay, to truly, right. you know, seek truth in this because yeah. people are gonna kick back yeah, and yeah. sinful, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, we all so, do. and what, what keeps you specifically going? Because we see people dropping like flies everywhere. Right. Pastors dropping right. off the wagon, so to speak. Uh, we had recently, like you know, Josh Harris and right. all all these all these religious right. figures who you think, wow, they're like solid. they're solid. Mm-hmm. What is it that keeps you going? Because I know, yes, people might say might disown you, like no offense, but like right, your yeah, small fine. church, but yeah, but yeah. you are dealing with human beings. You are dealing every day, and what is it that keeps you going and helps you to stay faithful? I am very thankful for our look the last seven years at John Piper's Faith and Future Grace. I appreciate 
where the focus, uh, <laughs> it caused a lot of discussion inside of the church about what does he mean that we shouldn't be looking back at the cross? What do we mean to look forward? I'm, I, and then, and it's like, as you look forward, you'll be able to look back at the cross appreciatively. And just in short, to, to keep this short here, yes. I believe that the hope for, for me as a pastor, yeah, and for all Christians, um, is to look at the prize ahead of us. That there's a living Christ ahead that will judge judge us, but that will also reward those that have been faithful. Um, I, you know, if we had time, I'd go through the end of uh, Timothy, where he mm-hmm. says that guard what has been entrusted, and then henceforth, uh, or when Paul goes, I have fought the good fight, I've finished the course, kept the faith, there's a laid up for me a crown in heaven. I was told in seminary that um, you're going to feel like in seminary that you're dr- uh, that you're being um, drinking out of a fire hydrant, and it's going to hurt like anything. It seems like too much. They said, but the rest of your life, you will be a well, and everybody will be a bucket pulling out of you. If you don't have somewhere to replenish that well, you're going to run dry. So to me, I have to see something beyond the mess that comes from a living relationship with God. His rewards have to loom larger. And for me, the questions you're asking do not get answered once. No. They get answer, asked again and again and again. And like layers of an onion, you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And God works his word in your heart in a way that you say, I don't have this all figured out, but but um, it is trustworthy. It is true. And by obeying, you see the faithfulness of God. A wrong view of what heaven on earth is and a wrong view of sanctification all that of allows us to feel like it isn't worth it. So I believe understanding that sin, tension, trouble, fighting, and bloody at the innermost, it's going to fight inside of our minds. It will threaten to destroy that. But those that look ahead uh, to, the re- to the reward that's given, um, that, that is what keeps us going. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for tracking along because these were some very broad, and we were able to just barely skim the surface. But you thank bet. you so much for tracking along with that. You bet. Thanks, Thanks so much. much. All right.